good night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Force Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. Now, I am really excited today because I am, I know I say that every time, but I always am because I always have great guests. So I've got Paolo Bouquin um, with me today, and he is with Athletic Brewing Company. And the reason he's going to be talking to us today is because I'm kind of curious about alcohol-free beer. I see a lot of things going around about alcohol-free cocktails and, you know, mocktails and all of this. But what I have noticed a lot, and when I'm going to kind of break into this with him, is um, I have a lot of friends that I follow on Instagram, and they are beer people, and they seem to really like the alcohol-free beer. Like the cocktail people, I'm like, yeah, they're like, here's a, here's a spirit-free cocktail from time to time, but I feel like alcohol-free beer is getting a lot of attention, and people are liking it, and by the way, I'm drinking one right now with them. So, okay, welcome, Paolo. Can you tell the listeners about you and your role at Athletic Brewing. Yes, sure. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here and talking a little bit about Athletic and alcohol-free beers. So yeah, I've joined Athletic for, it's now four months. It seems like a lifetime. <clears throat> I, I've, um, I've heard of this um, brewing company uh, two years ago and I fell in love with it, with the values and with the products, especially for the quality of the beer that they were making. So. I was I, I just sent a message to the founder and, and was like listen if you will ever need someone in Europe just I would be the perfect person to be the European development manager and in the end it worked out perfectly so here I am um, and yeah so alcohol free beers it's true it's a trend uh, we hear more and more about great beers that are without alcohol um, in the US but also in Europe mm -hmm. there's a lot of breweries that also do um, alcohol-free beers along with other beers that have alcohol yeah. just to propose a little bit of a wider range and um, also to broaden a little bit the moment of consumption um, there's a lot of beers also in grocery shops here in France that can be can, that can carry alcohol-free beers I'm thinking about La Debauche and uh, mm -hmm. Brussels Beer Project for example and they they are really focused on really good quality alcohol-free beers so the taste it's what it's most important that it would be with or without alcohol. So the fact that you, we have so many great brands that are making so many great alcohol-free beers really help um, get over the stigmatization of alcohol-free beers that was around us for decades. Can I ask you before we kind of really yes. break into how it's going here in France, um, for me, I'm kind of curious how you get to an alcohol-free beer. I know in the spirits world, there's these different distillates. I mean, people call them uh, spirit-free gin. It's not, not really a gin, but my understanding is in spirits, it's actually more difficult to make a, a, an alcohol-free spirit distillate than it is just to make a straightforward gin. So what's, what's mm. the story with beer? Are you making the beer and then taking it? So just to let the listeners know, what, how do you do it? Yes. It's like for the spirits, it's much more complicated and requires um, more investment. And uh, it also requires, if you want to do it right, you requires a lot of um, work in the lab. Okay. Um, so basically we brew a beer like it. So basically at Athletic Brewing, we just brew non-alcoholic beers. So we do not have anything that contains alcohol that leave our facility. So 
we wanted to go all in on that because we really believe in the segment and we wanted to be the pioneers of, of this revolution of uh, great beers without alcohol. And, um, and yeah, we, we, we basically decided to build a brew house like a normal one. And then, um, so there's different ways to, to do an alcohol-free beer. You can, you can do it like most of the industrial breweries do. So you remove the alcohol afterwards uh, through vacuum distilling or through reverse osmosis. Um, that that really has an impact on the quality and the taste of the beer because you also, it's a very invasive process for beer. So you also remove a lot of flavor out of the beer when you boil it. And uh, we really didn't want to have that, especially that you put so many great quality ingredients in there and very expensive hops and you don't want them to damage the taste of your great product through distillation. So the way usually craft beers do when they do an alcohol-free beer and it's very tricky is to use a yeast that do not produce a lot of alcohol during during fermentation. Okay. And what we do is that we use our own house yeast um, that we know will not produce a lot of alcohol and then you try to monitor it through the fermentation process uh, through temperature and pH and also analyzing, in, analyzing it in the lab and you see how it evolves. And as we want the yeast to produce a lot of phenols and esters, mm -hmm. but we don't want it to produce alcohol. So when it starts producing it, we stop the fermentation by slowing it down. We do not stop it. We slow it down with temperature and, and other parameters. And then it stays in fermenters for two to three weeks. So the same amount of time as for a normal beer and then we can it so it's 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 much more complicated because our brewery need to be super clean mm -hmm. because we cannot allow any bacteria or any infection and um, so it's actually a it's more like a food uh, process for yeah. beer so you can definitely eat on the floor as a brewery <laughs> and it's also the lab it's really what it's important okay yeah, that sounds, it sounds very interesting. Um, and I've always been interested in the fact that it's more difficult to make these non-alcoholic and make them of good quality. So, so it's, it's nice to learn that about the, about the beer. Now, um, so Athletic Brewing Company is a U.S.-based company, yes. right? And now you're distributing in Europe. Yes. Uh, what was this, what was the, what caused the company to want to expand into Europe? And what is the, the climate like right now for non-alcoholic, for alcohol-free beers in Europe? Yes. So it started uh, in 2018 in the U.S. Um, as a trial, you know, there was um, our two co-founders, John and Bill, um, worked a lot on, 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 the, on finding the right way of doing of manufacturing the beer it's really hard to make and after attempts they really made something that they were proud of and then they started distributing it and then then it was up it was at first it was really hard to find investments uh, because nobody really believed in the alcohol free segment yeah. and once one investor showed interest then a lot of others showed interest and followed up so it's then <laughs> athletic was just finding himself from like a really small, tiny brewery that nobody ever heard of to a really great success story from one day to another. Yeah. And then first you are going door to door to retails and asking if they're interested. And, the, and one month later, you have a Whole Foods requiring you to ship a lot of beers to them. So it really happened really fast, but it's also because it took a lot of struggle 
beforehand. So um, that is something that also our co-founder Bill talks sometimes in during in podcasts and in interviews. Like, yeah, of course we focus on the success, but it's also so much effort and struggle yeah. to reach that level. And once we found the right person, then it was it was much easier. We were able to, so we, we started with our, we have our brewery, our original brewery in Stratford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. south of New Haven. And then we have a 12,000 barrels brew house with a tap room. So we have all beers, non-alcoholic beers on top. And then we found out that, you know, we were selling out beers like right away. As soon as they were leaving, they were already sold. So we were struggling to find demand. So there was the opportunity to expand and buy a second brewery in San Diego in California. Um, <clears throat> for the listeners that are familiar with the beer industry, there's a big one. There used to be a really big one called Ballast Point. And Ballast Point was bought by Constellation and then sold back to Kings and Convicts to another really small craft brewery in, in, in Chicago. And then they sold a lot of assets. And they've also sold their location in San Diego, and so we were able to buy it. And it's a much bigger one that allows us to brew more beer and also be present on both coasts. Mm-hmm. And and then a lot another round of investments, we were able to find really great investors. Like we have David Chang from Momofuku yeah. in New York that is investing. A lot of athletes. Uh, if you guys are into CrossFit, there's uh, uh, Matt Fraser. Uh, that invested is one of our investors. Then we have our main one is the founder of Todd, Shus Todd, because mm-hmm. there's similarities with our um, with what we do with associations. We basically well, we can talk about it also. Oh, the Todd Shoes who just yeah, Todd Shoes. Yeah, okay. yes. yeah. So we do um, give two percent of all our revenues for um, for our two for the trail program mm-hmm. that support associations for uh, trails and parks. Great. And uh, outdoor activities in order to have a, in, encourage people to have these mindful moments uh, outside in the nature. Yeah. Uh, it goes along also with drinking beer without alcohol, this mindfulness in drinking. So, yeah, it was very interested in what we were doing with our two for the trail. So he wanted to be on board. So, yeah, it's really great people to work with. And so that allowed us to have more money and then potentially expand. So it's when Athletic realized that there was potential outside mm-hmm. the U.S. So we started with Canada because it was the, the obvious thing yeah. to do when you are in the U.S. is so close. And then uh, Australia and Europe. So Europe was split in two. There's the U.K. Mm-hmm. and especially after Brexit. So there's yeah. the U.K. operation and then there's the EU operation. And I'm supervising the EU operation. And yeah, basically this uh, these funds allowed us to to be here and Great. allow me to be here and talk to you today. So, um, just, but all your distilling still happens in the U.S. You don't have a, any distilling facilities here yeah. in Europe, right? Yeah, to be more precise, we do not distill for yeah. beer. We brew it. Uh, there's not distillation. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, let's say yeah. it's normal because I it's... I use it's, spirits too. Of course, so. yes. It's always like this. But yeah, um, yeah, we, we, we do brew everything in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then we ship everything over, okay. which is... A huge pain because it's especially now after COVID. With um, um, there, it's really hard to ship beer outside the US. Yeah. Everything was focused for the US to imports rather than exports. Yeah. So um, it takes some time, extra additional time, at additional cost. But still, we managed to yeah. 
to bring some something over, which is which is great. Well, that's exciting. So, what has the reception in France been like? Are the French um, is the French drinking public receptive to non-alcoholic beers in general? What do you what's your feeling? Um, yeah, more and more receptive. Um, there's one thing that it's true in the U.S. but also in Europe is that for decades there was really no really alternatives to to beer you know there was like an aqua free beer but they were really sugary there was no innovation there was no creativity behind the aqua free and this lasted for 40 years and and all of a sudden people got into it and um, so Heineken of course with Heineken 00 everybody's brewing now 00 beers Laff is doing Abbey beers without alcohol and also craft breweries the difficult thing for craft brewers is that it really requires additional steps and additional costs. So usually what they do is that they brew in a in a brewery that specializes in that. Like for example in Belgium at the Proof, mm -hmm. it's where most of the breweries brew their own alcohol-free beer because they are used to make alcohol-free beers there. And so due to the fact that the beers taste better and better and there's a wide variety of beer styles people are diversifying their um, consumption for alcohol-free. Because beforehand, you had just a non-alcoholic, really sugary lager, yeah. which was a choice of constraints. It's like, oh man, I have to drive, uh, I need to drink this beer. Nobody was excited about it. Now people are, can drink an IPA, a Pereo, or a Golden, or, an, or a West Coast IPA, an AZ IPA, or a Berliner Weisse with, with, uh, with raspberry. And it's really this innovation in, um, in, in taste and styles that really, um, I think, captivated a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, so for example, <clears throat> In at Athletic, we, we brewed over 80 different beers in 2021. So it's really important to give a lot of different styles because it's different moments during the day where you want a particular type of taste. Uh, and I think that this is the key to really diversifying flavor. But the most important thing, and I think is even it's, it's paramount in Europe, is taste. If the beer doesn't taste great, then could be a great brand, could be potential a big trend, but people will not buy it. Sure, I mean, yeah, people can only it can only stand on on the trend legs for so long. Yes, but I think also you know my understanding just in, in general with drinking um, globally because I don't know all the stats globally, but I think in the U.S. and and in a lot of Europe, Europe is also younger generations are drinking less alcohol yes. so focusing more on flavor and and quality and um kind of choosing their moments when they're going for alcohol so do you find that um that there is a specific type of audience that's like really seeking out your beer is it like athletes or is it mm. beer lovers who just can't drink beer all day or what do you have a feeling for kind of who your who your best market is I think it's um, it's a little bit of everything. So you have people that are into sports and right after sports, they want to drink a beer. It's a really great way to end a workout. 
Um, it's especially because beers, ours are very low in sugar and very low in calories. And so it's a great way to get mineral and potassium and also to hydrate yourself without the alcohol. Beer is great after a workout. It's just the alcohol is the yeah. problem, the, the biggest problem. So it's so people that are working out, uh, doing sports, can be not necessarily athletes, can be after a, a jog, after a small run or after a small workout at the gym. And also, there's also, like me, a lot of beer lovers that drink a lot of beers and still really like the flavor of it, don't necessarily need the alcohol. Uh, it's not something that I look for when I drink one beer. It's more like the flavor and the experience that I'm having. And it's a great way to have great alcohol-free products because it allows you to get the same experience, the same flavor, the same pleasure but without the alcohol. So you can drink it lunch, of course. Mm -hmm. You can breakfast. drink it during the afternoon, during breakfast as well. I know that some people do it. Um, but also in the evening, and it's a great way also, not necessarily to be like, okay, I wanna, I wanna go full on sober. I can start with an alcohol-free beer and then drink alcohol. And then it's a great way to limit yourself, but also hydrate yourself during that evening. And what I like to do, because I, I think that most of the people now realize how damaging it is to have a hangover the day after yeah. and how impactful it is on your personal and professional life when you realize that you're a little bit tipsy, but you still want to enjoy it and really be in the moment and really be present in the bar, you can switch to an alcohol-free beer that still gives you the same flavor and taste and experience. <clears throat> It doesn't make you feel you're um, you're an outlier. You are someone that is not part of the overall experience that you're living, but still gives you a great product that you're you, you, where you enjoy the flavor. So that's that's a great way also to avoid hangovers the head the, the next day. Yeah, well, and I I agree, I agree, and I, I think my listeners know I'm definitely not a beer expert. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time drinking other. Um, alcoholic drinks, but I have drank a lot of beer in my life. And what I do think and why I think, as I mentioned earlier, that a lot of the beer people that I follow online are liking it so much is because you really are getting, for me, it feels like the same experience, the same sort of level of like that little bit of bitterness that you know, you were talking about that you get in this one that we're drinking. And um, you don't really feel like you're missing out. Whereas yeah. like with non-alcoholic cocktails, you really lose out mm. on the, on the heat of the alcohol, honestly. Yes. Um, which is a factor in the drink. So, but with beer, it's it's so stretched out, if you know what I mean. So, um, and and then also you still have that bitterness. Yes. Um, so I think that well, it depends. I'm sure on which alcohol-free, non-alcoholic beer you're talking about. But in this particular case, um, yeah, that's interesting. And I, you know, I think I felt like in the past, like, and I'm talking 15 years ago or maybe 20 years ago, there was this real tendency for people to be really upping the alcohol level in their mm. beers and there's these beers that yeah. are seven percent or twelve percent or you know crazy things like that so so yeah it's kind of um nice to see it going in an, in an opposite direction do you think there's anything i mean other than the alcohol yeah. and a slight inebriation is there anything that an alcohol-free beer can't do that a regular beer can't <laughs> do i think that not really, apart from the alcohol. You know, there's a, there's a really, really great article on The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a journalist that went sober and he went to the top room and um, 
and he went to our tap room and he drank a pint on the counter directly from on draft and the fact of being around your your friends or people and talking and chatting and having a pint and recreate this moment of conviviality that is around the bar it gets you inebriated even if there's I've no alcohol in it. I've always thought about that. Yes. I've always thought I wonder yeah. what would happen if I had a party yeah. and I just served everybody non-alcoholic yes. beers but I didn't tell them. I haven't done that anybody so if you've been to my house and you know I haven't done the switcheroo yeah. but yeah, I do think that there's a lot more factors. There's there's sort of this um, Pavlovian response For to sure. I yeah. I feel I feel the bitterness of beer. I have that flavor. I'm automatically relaxed. I'm yes. automatically a little looser, yes. even if there's not mm. alcohol involved. I mean, I'm clearly not a, a scientist, <laughs> yeah. but I can, I can only imagine that that's the case. So um, so yeah, I think that's really interesting. So why don't you talk specifically about the beers that you, you've got two different yes. um, versions here in France. Yes. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about them specifically? Yes, of course. So we do have, currently have our golden, which is called Upside Dog. Uh, it's a golden, super easy drinking, very accessible, uh, with a little bit of bitterness at the end, a lot of really great hops from the West Coast. Um, and um, <clears throat> it's... Um, yeah, from organic malts, uh, we really pay attention. The, the, the upside down is also gluten-free. And um, and then we have our Run Wild, which is our West Coast IPA. So it has a little bit more body. Um, we do use specialty malts in that. And then we, we, we op it and we dry up it. And um, yeah, we wanted really to have the same um, long-lasting flavor and bitterness at the end that lingers yeah. really wanted the same flavor the same bite and um yeah something that has body and then as you said uh hops really help us giving giving, giving this bitterness and allows us to cut a little bit the sweetness from the malt so it creates a much more balanced beer even if it's without alcohol yeah. so it's an advantage that other products will not have yeah so other non-alcoholic products will will not have so yeah that's that's the that's the two of them that i have planning to bring more um the the, the main reason why we we started with those two is that they are our best sellers the one that won the most awards our our ipa won awards even in categories that are with, with alcohol <laughs> so that's interesting uh and that shows also the uh, the skillfulness of our brewers but um uh, there's many others. As I said, we, we brewed more than 120 beers since inception. So we, we are very creative. And and we the objective is to bring also a lot of diversity in the future in, in France. But we start with those two because also they have a, a shelf life of one year. So okay. we were able to nail it down. Our lab did a phenomenal job in trying to stabilize the beer and give it a shelf life. A beer that can taste great in one year time yeah. so th that's the, the thing is that we everything comes by boat and mm -hmm. it takes a long time sure. and then if you if you brew beer that have like a three month shelf life or even six month shelf life or very heavily hopped without the alcohol that is a natural preservative it's really hard i'm sure to, yeah. to, um, to to allow them to have a really extended shelf life um so if people want to try your product. I have listeners primarily are there in the US, the UK, yep. and here in France. So I'm assuming they can go to your website and find um, points. But yeah. for my for my listeners here in Paris, yeah. are there uh, are there bars or shops or places that they can go right away and try yes. stuff? 
Yes, so we of course have our own e-commerce website, but we also partner up with DBI, distributor de de brasserie indépendante. Okay. And we are present in all the craft beer bar and also some cocktail bars. So I was, I I I they told me that Candelaria and the Marie Celeste will oh, have them. Great. So uh, there's uh, liquiderie, there's carburant, there's uh, fauve. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of beer bars that okay. uh, have it mm, so mm, chances if you're going to a bar a craft beer bar or a beer bar chances are will be available great so if not don't hesitate to contact me and we'll, <laughs> we'll sort it out i will put links to everything in the show notes i will put links to your website and also to these bars that you've mentioned uh, as well as um, the article that you mentioned in the New Yorker, I think you already yes. sent me a link to that. Yes. So um, so uh, I've gotten a few different articles from you. And so listeners, I will put links to some different interesting articles that you might want to follow up with in the show notes. Now, I want to talk to you about the favorite, everybody's favorite part. It's the drink of the month. And so I asked you about a cocktail that we could do. And you shared a couple with me. Do you want to tell the listeners the recipe or would you like me to? I think you are the expert in cocktails. I will, I will leave <laughs> okay. this part to you. You'll right. do it much better than so, me. So I was actually very excited when I talked about cocktails um, that you did. You sent over something with a beer and without any alcohol in it. So this makes it a full alcohol-free cocktail made with beer. And uh, I'm going to be trying... Uh, the Upside Dawn. So that's our drink of the month. And that is six fresh raspberries, a half an ounce fresh lemon juice or half ounce, so about 15 mils, um, 15 mils or half ounce agave syrup, uh, 25 ounces apple cider vinegar. Oh, it's about three, uh, it's about uh, 20, 0.25 ounce. Uh, it's about seven mils, I guess, seven times seven, eight, you know, roughly, I don't know, a couple bar spoons, um, and two dashes of rose water. So you're going to muddle the fresh raspberries in a cocktail shaker, add all the ingredients except for the upside dawn um, to the shaker with ice, shake well for 10 seconds, strain over fresh ice into a mason jar or a Collins glass, and then top with the upside down and garnish with fresh raspberries. I think that sounds good. I love um, cocktails that have uh, vinegar, like a little apple cider vinegar in them. So I'm super excited to try that. And I will be trying that this weekend with uh, with the Upside Dawn that you brought for me. And, and I'll take pictures, guys, and put them out on Instagram and, and share those all with everybody. So so that's your drink, people. Go out and get some of the beer and, and give that a try this month. And... Um, yeah, and I think that's pretty much a wrap for, yeah. for, for it. So thank you so much for coming and sharing all this information. Of course. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And with that, I'm just going to wrap up and, and remind everybody that I'm sending out additional thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production and to Sun Little for the music that we use. I will put, again, links to these people and all the other things we talked about in the show notes. I do remind you, as usual as well, to drink responsibly and finally, if you do like what we're doing here, don't hesitate to go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review because I understand that's how other people hear about me. And sometimes I feel a little lonely when I don't hear back from you guys and I don't know if anybody's really listening. So really don't hesitate to send me a positive or, you know, even a, 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 a negative comment just so I know that you're out there listening. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.